Welcome to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast, where you will learn career strategies and techniques to help you break down barriers, make more money, and thrive in your tech life at work and at home. Technology has never been more mission critical to our online stay-at-home world, and you are the key to its success. You'll hear from diverse women in tech as well as experts who share both personal and professional strategies so you can transform your work and your workplace from the inside out. I'm Karen Morstel, former Silicon Valley tech leader and serial CISO for iconic brands like AT&T Wireless, Microsoft, and Russell Investments. I hope you will join me in my mission and message of resilience and transformation to make an inclusive and equitable tech industry. If you find this show helpful, please leave us a like and share it. And don't forget to hurry over to createyourleadingedge.com to join innovative and affordable group coaching for women in tech on your terms. And now on to Mojo Maker for Women in Tech. My friend and kindred spirit, Brian Bogert, is an expert on overcoming adversity. In this episode, you will hear his extraordinary story of coming back from a devastating accident as a young child and learning with the support of his family what it means to embrace pain to avoid suffering. I know that anytime I start to imagine I'm facing some unpleasant situation in the future, I will remember Brian's story and his important perspective that no matter what, we always have a minimum of two choices. You'll be inspired as I was by his choice to embrace the pain of walking away from his multi-million dollar business in order to speak and coach others to help them live the life they really want. This session is full of golden nuggets for you. You'll want to hear this one more than once. Brian, it is such a pleasure to have you here on the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast. So welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Thank you, Karen. I'm so anxious to get started with all that you have to share with us today. You've got some very interesting lessons in life. So would you please kind of just tell us about your story, the story that leads us down the path to you know where you are today? Yeah, perfect. So no matter how hard we try, pain is unavoidable. And so how we use pain to our advantage is our choice and within our control. So if there's one thing that everybody remembers from listening to this today, it's these four words, embrace pain, avoid suffering. Now I want everybody to imagine walking to your car after a shopping trip and turning your head to see a truck barreling 40 miles an hour across the parking lot right toward you with no time to react. This story begins with a young mother and her two boys heading to their local Walmart to buy a one-inch paintbrush. As they were leaving the store and getting to their car, the youngest of the two boys, who always had an excitement and vigor for life, got to the car first and was ready to get home to put that one-inch paintbrush to use. He was standing at the car, holding onto the handle, waiting for his mom and his brother to catch up and unlock the doors. As all this was happening, a truck pulled up in front of the Walmart, and the driver and the middle passenger got out. Passenger all the way over to the right felt the truck moving backwards, so he moved over to put his foot on the brake, just as any of us would do, but he instead hit the gas. Combination of shock and force threw him up onto the steering wheel, up onto the dash, and before you know it, he was catapulting 40 miles an hour across the parking lot. Now, I know everybody sees at this moment where that's heading. This mother and her two boys were parked in an end spot. They went up and over the median, up and over the tree in the median, hit this boy's car, 
the same car he was holding onto the handle, threw him to the ground, ran over him diagonally, tore his spleen, left a tire track scar on his stomach, and went on to completely sever his left arm from his body. This was a 115 degree day, August 10th in Phoenix, Arizona. So any of you who've been here know that that asphalt adds 10 to 15 degrees in the middle of the summer. And fortunately for this boy and his family, their guardian angel walked out right when this happened. She watched the entire accident take place and ran over recognizing that this was a life and limb scenario and had to go into life first. So she immediately focused on the wound and stopping the bleeding to save his life. And at the same time, instructed innocent bystanders to run into the store, grab a cooler, fill it with ice from the convenience center so they could get his arm on ice within minutes and hope that he might be able to get it reattached at some point. First ambulance got called, got into a car accident. So as if the day wasn't bad enough, they had to wait just a little bit longer. And by the time they got into the local hospital and they fixed the internal bleeding, the next step was to try to figure out where to go in terms of reattaching his arm. At the time, there was only three surgeons in the valley that were capable of performing such a surgery. One was out of town, one had just worked a 12-hour day and declined the surgery, and one had just worked a 12-hour day and said, this is a boy, I got to give him a chance. And this physician was so incredible. He had the awareness and the intentionality to recognize this wasn't a one, two, three, or four surgery ordeal, but this was going to be a five, 10, 15, 20 surgery ordeal. So he was going in and looking at our spare parts bin that we call our body and tagging and flagging veins and nerves and things for future surgeries that he knew he was going to have to go and touch to be able to bring back function and feeling into his arm. Four months later, they went into a 19-hour nerve surgery to reattach the nerves and really be able to get feeling and function right into the hand. 19 hours, surgeon stood by the table and took one break to take a handful of M&Ms and a bathroom break. Other than that, he was laser focused on what needed to happen. Four months after that, I remember feeling my hand for the very first time. Four months later, I remember wiggling my fingers for the very first time. Four months later, I remember having hope restored that I was not only going to be able to have my arm, but have function in my arm and live a happy, healthy, and productive life. And I know you weren't expecting it to go there today. And yes, I have a very unique story. But what I've learned through all my time in doing this is that what's important is that we pause and recognize the lessons that we can extract from our stories and then become intentional with how do we apply those into our lives and how do we tap into the collective wisdom, all of those around us. So I'll share with you two lessons that I learned very early in life. The first is I learned not to get stuck by what had happened to me, but get moved by what I could do with it. And the second is going to look at something that's not quite so obvious because I experienced those critical post-accident years in a fog, but my parents did not. Their heightened awareness through unceasing medical treatments and years of physical therapies ultimately would save me. And my parents sacrificed countless hours of their own comfort to strengthen me. Whether intentional or not, they gifted me something far beyond the functional eye arm. They were carving into me a habit and a way of living. You see, I learned to embrace pain to avoid suffering. And once I became aware of this gift and became intentional with it, the way I lived my life was forever altered. See, I believe that we must choose our pain or our suffering will choose us. And this very concept is not only how I overcame this unique injury, but how our first business was built from a quarter million in revenue to over 15 million within a decade, and how I've helped hundreds of individuals and businesses just like you become more aware, more intentional, and who they already are, their most authentic selves. You see, this is when magic happens and the door begins to open to perspective, motivation, and direction. So Karen, my story is a lot of the lessons that I've applied in my life and it's shaped a lot of who I am. And I believe that's the case for all of us. 
That's such an incredible story. I am grateful that you were here to share it with us today. There are so many people listening to us who are dealing with adversity. And of course, yours is extraordinary. And it has a happy ending. And you have the benefit right now of looking at it with hindsight, at least to some degree, because I'm sure there's more to the story even still ahead of you. What I would love to hear for those people who listen to your story and they say, oh my gosh, that is so extraordinary. That's one of those one in a million, one in a billion kinds of stories. My pain and my suffering are different. And I know that we've got a lot of people who have a lot of obstacles and barriers in front of them as they're working in the technology industry. What would you say to those of us who are kind of dealing with the everyday adversities? How What have you learned from all of this, your life lessons that you can share with them? Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that because you look at things and how much can we relate? And, you know, that's why I said, obviously, I've got a very unique story. But I think what I've really recognized is that we all have those stories. And again, it's important that we pause and recognize what that is. But you also said, though, that we're dealing with pain and adversity and struggle. And so I'll give some perspective, I think, a little bit on what pain looks like. The first thing to start with is that pain itself is subjective. It can't be measured independently of the person experiencing it. And so making definitive conclusions about pain is difficult with one exception. It's a universal human experience. It's the same thing with struggles and adversity. So it doesn't matter necessarily how extreme or how minute that struggle or adversity is. The reality of it is we face those every single day. And we have to pay attention to the fact that those pains that we turn into and the adversity that we're navigating is unique and independent to only us. So it is up to us to really be able to recognize what are the steps that we can take to actually intentionally use pain to our advantage. You know, and I'll just speak about pain for a second because pain and adversity often go hand in hand. The world has defined pain to be all encompassing for any type of pain, regardless of intensity or duration. And we put these clarifying words in front of the word, you know, adjectives such as acute or chronic. And I just believe this is wrong. Because pain can include any sort of intensity, but should be limited to duration. Pain is actually classified as short-term, a direct response to a defined cause and resolved once healing takes place. Chronic pain implies that healing never occurs. So any type of pain that's unrelenting and persists over long stretches of time and continues even after the underlying cause of pain is resolved, what we usually refer to as chronic suffering or as chronic pain should really be referred to as suffering. And that is where it creeps up on us. So when we're facing crossroads, when we're facing adversity, when we're facing struggle, the reality of it is we've got to recognize what are the things that we need to take care of and the decisions and the pains that we need to embrace right now to avoid suffering from developing in our life. So people might reach a pinnacle in their career and they've got burnout and stress and fatigue and they're feeling stuck. But the reality of it is if you just stay on that self-defeating pattern, you're not going to pull yourself out. So when we're in times of adversity and we're experiencing pain, we have to really acknowledge, first of all, the suffering that we wish to avoid, and we have to identify the pains that we tend to avoid and learn to embrace them. So a perfect example of that is we can avoid the discomfort of hitting the gym before work to lay in bed for an extra hour, but then we end up with unpleasant aches and pains from our sedentary lifestyle. We can avoid the pain of having a crucial conversation with a colleague, but then we endure a damaged business relationship no amount of conversing can repair. Pain and adversity cause us to focus on what's important right now and really lean into what are those things that we can control to move ourselves through it so that we don't get stuck by what's happened to us, but get moved by how we can get through it. I'm just so curious. How did you 
And how do you discern when something is in front of you that's adversity? How do you discern between what is in your control to do something about and what is outside of your control? Is there a special kind of perspective that you use to decide that? So I think it begins with awareness just in general, but I'll give you an example. So, you know, if we look at awareness and just this idea of self-awareness, our minds process 11 million bits of information per second, but we're only consciously aware of about 40. And so what that suggests is that our lives are largely led by the unconscious and we're not in a position to truly have the full picture on anything in our lives. So one of the first premises and foundation of the work that I do with anybody is really focusing on how aware are we. And so to your point on what can we control and what can we not control, if we don't raise our level of awareness to have a clearer lens into that, it gets very difficult. So I'll give an example for myself, right? We've got to know ourselves. We also have to know our enemy. And I will tell you definitively that as a result of my accident, I don't have a lat in the left side of my back. My right arm, my bicep is my gracilis. I don't have a tricep. And as life went on, I started to experience what, and I'm literally going to bucket it as chronic pain, even though I just told you we need to call that as suffering. That's how I defined it at the moment in my back, because I've got a curve in my spine because the imbalance in the muscles and where it really started to bubble up was after a second injury I had, I almost, I rebroke my arm snowboarding when I was 20. I almost lost it again. I went 10 months with it hanging by my side. But what that did was put me into a whole new situation where my patterns changed. So my physical fitness and my diet went out the window. I had put on weight in a way that I wasn't experiencing prior. And I was literally in a place where I was starting to suffer from the amount of pain that I was carrying in my back. So I realized at that time through consultation with people around me, that if I maintained a lean body mass, if I focused on keeping myself physically active, if I focused on keeping my back strong, then I could ultimately reduce the amount of chronic pain and alleviate all of the suffering in general. And so I had to ask myself, because I started going to the gym, but I was not operating well in that environment. So was it the pain of weight training that I was avoiding? Or was it the anxiety that when I went into a crowded gym that kept me stuck in my self-defeating pattern? And the reality of it is I had to identify the barriers and spot them intentionally to remove as many as possible. It was the gym. It wasn't doing the work. It wasn't running. It wasn't riding bikes. It wasn't lifting weights. It wasn't actually doing anything around that. I don't like big box gyms. I don't perform well there. It's not my environment. I have to modify a lot of the things that I do. And so what I had control over was to really take a step back and recognize, okay, if the gym and the traditional way that a lot of people work out isn't going to work for me, what are my alternatives? And I started building my own home gym as a result because I could control that environment. I could make sure the right equipment was in there for me. And so I knew that I was going to suffer from chronic physical pain if I did nothing about this, but the gym wasn't working. And you could argue, yeah, you could have just pushed through that and had mental toughness and made it work in the gym. But the reality of it is we're not trying to put ourselves in unnecessary amounts of pain. We have to be able to recognize like, what are the unavoidable ones between our current state and our desired outcome and appreciate those as our stepping stones for success? Wow. <laughs> you know, I hope people are taking notes. I say this a lot now on these podcasts <laughs> because it's just so, there's so much in what you have shared with people that they can put into use. I think one of the things that I tell people in our program is, you know, pain is a given. Suffering is optional. And that's sort of what I'm hearing you say, is that it is a combination of the choices that we make, of the way we look at the obstacles and the adversity that's in front of us, 
And, you know, we have a choice. We can change our perspective of the situation or we can remove ourselves from the situation. That's right. And I will tell you, that's actually one of the most powerful lessons that I learned from my dad a long time ago is that always in life, no matter what, never fails. You always have a minimum of two choices. They might both be horrible choices, but you always have at least two choices, right? You could be held up at gunpoint and somebody asking you to give them your wallet. You could give them the wallet or you're risking the chance that they could pull the trigger, right? Now that's your choice in that moment. But the reality of it is those are both horrible choices, but we still have to recognize that in those moments where we get stuck, it is within our control. And the problem is, is we seek control more than anything in a lot of ways in how we manage our day, our life, our jobs, our family, our relationships. But often we are not in a position where we recognize and take ownership of the fact that we have more control than we give ourselves credit for, because it is, our life is a byproduct of the choices we make and the actions we take. So I'm going to ask you a question. The message that you're sharing with us is so powerful about choice, about our options, about the way we can take and embrace our pain and put it to use for us, as opposed to thinking of it as something that's working against us. Has there ever been a time where you've really struggled with that in your own experience? I struggle with that all the time. Just because I understand it, can intellectually talk through it, I apply this in my practice, there's moments that I get stuck. There's moments where I don't feel like I've got a good choice or there's moments where I end up avoiding something most of the time from a place of not being aware though. And so there are things that I think we have blinders in our world. There's lots of blind spots in how we operate. You know, a year ago, I'll give you another example. I had had some other health things that had taken place for a couple of years prior that frankly, had probably allowed fear to enter into my world in a way that I hadn't really experienced before. And my wife and I were in a position. So for the last really 15 years, I've been in the risk management employee benefits consulting space, had a really fun run this last decade with a firm where we grew it from a quarter million to 15 million in revenue and was having a lot of fun. But I really, five years ago is where I got into human behavior and performance coaching and speaking and really focusing on helping others. And a year ago, my wife said, Hey, what, how would you feel if you didn't have to go to the office on Monday morning? And it caught me out of the blue. And truthfully, I'm forever indebted to my wife because the conversation that took place from there really helped show me that I was being blind at that moment. And I was making an inactive choice to stay on a path and a pattern that probably wasn't going to help me fulfill all the things about me that I wanted to. So she ultimately said, Hey, I think this most recent health thing allowed fear to enter into the world in a way that you've never allowed it to stop you. I think that you're showing up at the office and whether you see it or not, you're dying a little bit inside every time you're there. And she said, I also believe that you're not actually on a path to allow you to accomplish and chase your full potential. And so she said, I just want to point this out because I'm going to support you no matter what. But she said, I think that the path around speaking and coaching and helping other people is really where you're meant to be. It's where you're passionate. It's where you want to spend your life. But she said, you've convinced yourself that we need this. We need the financial security. We need the success. We need the stability. And she said, I'm here to tell you, we don't. Because what we need more than anything is for you to be able to live and practice all the areas that you help others do. Well, she threw a dart at that moment and hit the bullseye. She was way more clear in that moment than I was. But what she basically gave me there was a challenge and a choice, right? Do I stay on my same path or do I lean into my life partner's advice and push 
for her recognizing that I wasn't fulfilled and as happy and joyous as I could be. And the divide and the gap between the work that I do to bring that out in others and how I was actually living my own life. I had to choose, do I stay the course and just allow that to be what it is? Or do I embrace the pain of walking away from a sure thing to go take a chance and a flyer to continue to build what I believe is my purpose and passion on this planet? But it took me some time to work through that. It took me some time to emotionally and intellectually navigate the the tumultuous waters of what this huge change in my life could look like. And again, I could have chosen to do nothing. I could have chosen to do somewhat of a hybrid or I could have chosen to go all in, which is what I've done. And so, yeah, we all have those moments in our lives. So my suggestion for everybody is just don't get stuck by those moments. Do the work that we need to raise our level of awareness. Unpack the pieces inside of you that you need to that might be preventing you from taking action on those directions. And then take action. Yeah, you know, there's a, I'm getting a picture in my head of the cycle that a lot of us go through. And I love the way you just described the way you broke through that because we can find ourselves in a position that's very uncomfortable. It can be either physical pain or it can be relational pain. It can be career-related pain. And we'll work on getting it better. Some big, we'll drop a bomb or something, you know, figuratively speaking, of course, that blows things up a little bit and gets it back to neutral, but doesn't really go to all that it could be because we can end up defining a good day as the absence of pain. Yeah. And I think that that's the part where I struggle because I think the world tells us to reduce, eliminate, or remove pain in general. And I just think the world is wrong. You're exactly right. But we are conditioned as an evolutionary expense, right? In flight or flight, we are conditioned to try to avoid pain. And again, I'm not suggesting to anybody to turn into an unnecessary amount of pain, but I would choose short-term intermittent pain every day, every moment over long-term suffering that I can no longer reduce the effects of or minimize or remove. And so I think that it's just, we have to shift our mindset and recognize that embracing pain is really an investment in our future. And for anybody who understands the idea of compounding interest, the more we embrace a habit, the more we move towards embracing pain, the easier it becomes, first of all. But secondly, I think a lot of people look at new habits as an upfront tax. That's the wrong way to look at it. We have to look at it as an investment in our future to avoid suffering. The compounding interest of those actions will make sure that the suffering doesn't come into our lives. I love it. So share with me, if you will, one practice, I think, for the audience that's out there. This might be an unfair question. (laughs) The one practice that you would suggest for someone to get started, whether, you know, whatever that might be, how would a person who's seeing themselves in a really adverse situation at the moment, assuming that they're not in danger, like in imminent danger, but some kind of a chronic, what you would call chronic suffering, I guess, what would you suggest they do to break that cycle? Yeah. So I think there's really, I'm going to give you three steps, but then I'm going to answer your question directly. I think the first step in general in really recognizing this is to acknowledge the suffering that we wish to avoid. And I'll explain that because it's not, it sounds a little backwards. Really, when we think about acknowledging the suffering that we wish to avoid, that's also the inverse to having clarity on the things that we actually want to accomplish. 
on the choices and desires and purpose and passion that we really want to chase in life. And so when we decide that we want to provide our family with a certain lifestyle, certain vacation, certain experiences, certain whatever, or we want certain monetary success, or we, you know, want to have a 50 year marriage, right? If we define that these things are important to us, then we have to recognize what are the pains that we need to embrace to do that. So if we want to be able to provide these experiences for our family, right, we need to know that if we don't put ourselves in a position to be able to provide those experiences, then suffering will exist. If we want to have a certain amount of financial success and we don't embrace the pain that's necessary to do that, either in a high income yield job or a business or something, if that's really what our driving factor is, well, then those things that we wouldn't embrace will ultimately allow the suffering to emerge when we don't have the financial resources. Same thing on the marriage. If we don't embrace those difficult conversations, embrace the pain of those difficult conversations with our spouse or loved one, we're going to have you know lack of communication potentially leading to divorce. So the first step is to acknowledge the suffering you wish to avoid, which is really to get clear on those things that are important. But the second is to, again, identify the pain that you tend to avoid and learn to embrace it. So I gave the gym example. What are the types of things that we know we could be doing that would lead us down that path that we desire the most that we're avoiding for some reason, right? It might be diet. It might be we're avoiding going to the gym. It might be avoiding some of the financial disciplines that are necessary. It might be avoiding the emotional pain that we haven't actually unpacked with a therapist. And so what are those steps and those things that are in our way between actually where we are today and what we want to accomplish? And then the third is that we've got to establish choosing pain as a habit to avoid suffering in all areas of our life. So we talked a little bit about those habit pieces. So I think when someone is starting to experience an element of suffering or they think they're on a path to do so, it goes back to my point on awareness. We have to get very, very clear on what's important to us and recognize that everything else is noise. And so if we structure our lives intentionally in alignment around all the things that matter, then it becomes work-life integration. Then it becomes very intentional. It's very clear that it's self-regulating at that point that something either fits or it doesn't fit. And I know that this sounds somewhat binary, like it's just black or white, and that's not always entirely true. But what you find is that when you're really clear on those things, it's more true than you give credit to it normally. So hopefully that answered your question, Karen. Yeah. <sighs> Yes. Thank you. I think that the whole idea about recognizing where you are, embracing the radical reality, like let's just take a look at the situation and say, you know, does it suck? <laughs> and what do I really want? Like, and to start to talk instead of what do I want to avoid? What do I want? And then look at the difference, the gap between where are we now and what does that look like? And then I think what I hear you saying is that we need to make that plan, like literally say, I believe that this is possible. It's going to take some hard work that might translate into pain of some kind, right? Some of us getting up at 4.30 in the morning is painful, <laughs> but that's the difference. It's the it's where am I now? Embrace that radical reality. Be totally honest about it. Where do I want to be? And then put in place those steps, whatever it takes. That's one of my favorite songs by Imagine Dragon, by the way. <laughs> whatever <laughs> it takes, one. right? To get from here to there. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I hear you saying. Does that? So you're exactly right. And I know this is going to sound a little bit cheesy, corny, tagline-ish, but you know, if we're really clear on all of those things, then we've got a clear and defined purpose for what's going to get us out of bed in the morning and purpose overtakes pain. So when we talk about all these behaviors actually manifesting as pain, right? We talk about the difficult decisions we need to make, the getting up at 4.30, which by the way, I'm one of those people as well. 
And when we start looking at the byproduct of all of these pains, right? If the purpose is big enough, if we're clear enough on it, it overtakes that pain. I think where people get stuck, Karen, is that the world conditions our desires, wants, and goals out of us. It tries to put us in boxes. It tells us that we should do this. We should do that. You know, we have to be appropriate in this type of capacity. And it ultimately takes a lot of those dreams that, you know, my crazy four and six-year-old just like think so big and so limitless in the way that they operate. The world and adults and society and jobs and college and all these things condition those things out of us to where people feel like they're confined in a box. And if they take a step out of that to truly chase fulfillment and joy and happiness and the stuff that they care about, that they're doing something wrong. And so there's a big shame element in our society that I think keeps people in the self-defeating pattern. Mm -hmm. Shame played a bigger role in my life than I cared to admit for a long time. And so that's one big thing I would say, though, is yes, you articulated that perfectly, but I want people to remove the word should from anything when they're going through this thought process, because it's not a matter of what should, it's what could or would you do if you weren't confined by limits defined on external factors other than yourself. That is just a gigantic distinction. And I think many of us are conditioned, you're exactly right, to do what we should do as opposed to what we want. And shame is the way that society really controls that. Yeah. So for those of you who are listening, I hope you have now had a chance to jot down some notes here because there's a ton of really golden nuggets in this The dream that I have for all of you who are listening is that you will embrace what Brian is saying here, that it's not a matter of what should you do. We all have, you know, responsibilities, obviously, right? But when you're faced with what is your dream, what is your next big step, what is it that you want out of your life and out of your career, then fully go for that and embrace the pain in order to get the gain. Right, Brian? Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think that's a very critical thing. I actually use that same language at times. So I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today on the show. This has been illuminating, inspiring, eye-opening, motivating, all of it. Tell me what you're doing now and how can people get in touch with you if they want to follow up with you directly? Yeah. So I literally have for the last year, since I told you that one story, been in transition out of the business I've been in for the last 15 years to chase this full time. It's been absolutely humbling and amazing the support that has kind of come around from my community. And I am effectively going to be out of the insurance business at the end of May 100% focused on helping people get to the next level and get clarity. So two places that people can reach me. The best one just for general information is brianbogert.com. It's B-O-G-E-R-T. I point that out because I often get referred to as connected to Humphrey Bogart, but it's brianbogert.com. And then I do have a free resource for some folks that if they identified with any of the concepts from today, I think would really help them get some clarity on some of the areas that we talked about. And they can get that by going to nolimitsprelude.com. And there's a download there. And it'll be a little bit of a form and a roadmap to be able to identify what are some of the most important things I need to have clarity on so that I can start getting alignment in my life and a little bit of joy and freedom back. And also, what are the pains I need to start embracing? So hopefully, that's going to be a powerful resource for anybody listening. Perfect. 
Brian, thank you so much. I've just enjoyed this as always. Every time we talk, I it's a big uplift for my day. So I'm glad you were able to be on the show today. And maybe we'll get a chance to do a, a repeat and revisit this again. Karen, I would absolutely love that. And I agree. I have enjoyed and feel energized the few times we talk. We're kindred spirits. And it's a pure blessing what you do for all of your listeners to be able to provide this platform and all of your wisdom and experience. It's incredible. So I'm happy to know you. Would love to continue the discussion. And I can't wait to see some of your listeners get unstuck and go start chasing what they really want. Wonderful. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian.